Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have with us, joining us once again on the podcast, author Lottie James. Thank you for being here with us again. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, of course. Share with us how 2022 has treated you. Um, pretty well. I I have to admit, it's been a it's been a good year. Um, not only in terms of writing, but getting to see some family I hadn't seen in a long time, and just kind of moving forward. It's been really good, and I hope your guys's 2020 has been 2022. <laughs> has been has been as good early congratulations it's not that far away but the gentleman of holly street book three in your gentleman of mystery series is releasing next week congratulations tell us how you're feeling right now about its upcoming release thank you i'm definitely feeling excited um i think i will always feel excited when a new book comes out um and kind of a little bit apprehensive, I will admit, and maybe a little bit more than usual, because I think Freddie and Mina's story feels somehow a little bit more personal. Um, and it took a lot to to really feel like I'd finished their story properly. So mixed bag of emotions, but definitely excited. Can you share like why theirs feels a little bit more personal? I think I allowed myself to kind of explore some of my own personal kind of mental health things in in some of the characters. And I, I think all authors do it to a certain degree, but I definitely was a bit more conscious of it this time around. And um, it was really therapeutic, which is good. And I hope it kind of helps other people who might be going through similar things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Is this the final book in the series? And if so, how does it feel to see it come to a close? It sort of is. So it's the (laughs) final book in the Gentleman of Mystery series. Uh, But I will be telling uh, the story of a character who's been in both the Marquess and the Gentleman of Holly Street next year. And I'm hoping to start a new series um, with that book, uh, which will be related to the Gentleman of Holly Street. So it feels good to close off my Gentleman of Mystery, but also slightly unreal because... The Housekeeper only came out about a year and a half ago. and it- Oh, gosh. I still, like, I'm so obsessed with that cover. <laughs> the <housekeeper. laughs> okay, so, so you share, share an elevator pitch for the book. Okay. So, when Freddie found Philomena in dire circumstances eight years ago, he never thought he'd found a partner, nor did he imagine he would fall in love. But he has, just as his past returns to haunt him with a vengeance, and Philomena is seeking to build her new life. That's so great. So there you go. <laughs> That's how you do a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, the romance between Philomena and Freddie is a friends to lovers romance. As a historical romance author, can you talk about writing this trope set in a historical time period, especially when it was it was a bit of a stigma for uh, men and women to to have a friendship? Um, yes, actually, I think it's it's really interesting. Um, and it does sit, take um, some thought and and planning um, to make it to make it work. If only because you kind of have to naturally, as with like any romance, make sure that your characters get proper alone time together. And you know, in in ye olden times, that wasn't always possible, uh, depending on kind of 
especially what your status was in society and what your occupation was. Um, there's all kinds of, of course, of elements that that kind of bleed through into that. But sometimes I think also we have this notion that in the past, the rules of society and of relationships were a lot stricter. And they are to an extent, depending on where and when you were. But I think with all things, that's a very general view, which isn't always correct. And I think in everyday society. So Freddie is a self-made man and uh, Philomena is very much a a working woman. Um, So I would kind of classify them as ye old everyday folk in a way. Mm -hmm. I think you'll find people throughout history just kind of living their lives and it wasn't always made a big deal of. But of course, people will always gossip and make judgments. And I was very careful to also integrate that into the book. because uh, I think it's important to obviously recognize that. So yeah, it's it's the balancing act overall. Do you think it's something that like, if people in the past could see us, like, do you think like, we're like, kind of like romanticizing things in a, to an extent, and like, people from the past would be like, um, guys, it wasn't that deep. I think to an extent on some things, definitely. Um, I think some people would come back from, you know, 1700s and be like, I would never wear those shoes. What are you thinking? Where did you get yeah. that? Or, <laughs> of course, I was friends with this woman, uh, you know, or or whatever it is. Like, no, we didn't drink horses hair for a cure for our baldness. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, hopefully they would say, oh, well, actually, I did do that. So I think we romanticize a little bit of everything. And I think that's not a bad thing, as long as we recognize when we're doing it and kind of challenge sometimes how we, if we are or aren't. Yeah. If that makes sense. I just, I love yeah. when the, I love like kind of this, the everyday characters, you know, like not everybody was a prince or whatever, you know, like I just love that glimpse into everyday people's lives. Yes. And it's, I find it, it's kind of frustrating sometimes when I'm doing research, because those are the people that I'm really interested in. um, And that I want to hear the stories from, but obviously, because of whatever reasons, their accounts and their histories and their diaries aren't always available for consummation or for study. And you kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself in a way. Um, which is interesting, yeah. but also it's like, I want to know about Joe Schmo's life down the street. <laughs> well, throughout the book, we see the life Philomena and Freddie have built together, while at the same time remaining pretty estranged from each other in ways like they're like they comfort one another, but they don't necessarily confide in each other, you know. So how did they as characters present themselves to you? Like talk to us about writing them, getting to know them. It was definitely very much a process of actually getting to know them. And it took a long while. (laughs) They kind of they kind of came to me very clearly at first. And obviously Freddie's kind of made these little guest appearances in the housekeeper of Thornhallow Hall and the Marquess of U Park House. But even then it was kind of just like his aura in a way. And it was really just kind of battening down the hatches and and putting them in a room with myself, which sounds really like weird, but and and sitting them down and saying, Hey guys, who are you? And slowly working through that. And and you mentioned how kind of estranged they are throughout some of the book and I really hesitated to kind of draw that out and not have them in the same room as much as I would normally kind of force them to be but they were like no you know what no 
this isn't working for us. So yeah. I had to let them do what they wanted to do. As you do. I do sound a little bit, you know, yeah. off my rocker. So are you like doing Pinterest boards or like what is your get to know the characters? Because I feel like historical Harlequin Mills and Boone historicals can be very character driven. So are you doing any like extra stuff to make sure like you've gotten to know them? We just know how important characters are. So. <laughs> no, definitely. I think they're, the characters are obviously hugely integral. And um, I, I think in historicals, we do focus a lot on character. Um, and for me, yes, absolutely. Pinterest mood boards. I do um, like handmade collages of like images that I like and, and, and things. But a lot of time, I'm not going to lie, it's just kind of me sitting in my room having these imaginary chats with my imaginary <laughs> characters. <laughs> <laughs> and about the most random things like you know do you like cheese that classic line I do use that <laughs> one. I but kind hey, of was like really hoping that that's what you would say like you would say something along the lines of that <laughs> we know like you you know you love theater and drama so kind of imagine you just like sitting in a quiet room like okay tell me what you like and you don't like <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely me. I like to think I have like this look of of some sort of therapist you'd see in a TV show, you know, with the glasses and the notebook and the pen just being like, so tell me about your feelings. Dr. James. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really good. Ooh, thanks. I like that. Like yeah, legitimately doing character yeah. studies. <laughs> Legit. Definitely. Yeah. On some, they kind of just come like inherently and and it's like really easy to just let them out on the page immediately and some of them I really like these two I really had to like fill notebooks full of details that will never make it into anything and are completely irrelevant to anybody but me so the story is told in dual timeline which which threw me for a, a loop for a bit there we got our beginning and then it was like seven years later I'm like wait 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 is that that's all we get from that <laughs> 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 How do you as a writer know when it's best to use this kind of structure? Honestly, I, I wasn't actually sure about using this structure. And I'm sorry, I'm still laughing because I have this image of you like searching through the pages being like, wait, that can't be it. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really wasn't sure about it. Um, I'm always very wary of trying to build a world and characters and relationships through flashbacks um but it was very instinctual on this one and those snippets of the past just wouldn't let go and they were just living in my brain and I was like right so I'll just put them down on paper and see if they fit or not and then sent it to my editor and she was like actually that really works I really like it and we jiggled around a couple of them um so that they fit a, be a bit better structurally um, and I actually think that kind of taking a step back and then looking at it again, I felt it really did add to the themes of the book. And so I'd say that's when my brain, I think, forces me to use various timelines is when it's instinctually kind of reinforcing the messages and, and the themes that I have running through the book. Now, did did you write the time periods all together? Or did you switch back and forth naturally as you were writing it? Kind of back and forth naturally. Um, I'm 
I've also written um, books for my self-published works um, that were set in like the 1820s. So it felt like a period that I knew, you know, well enough that I could kind of um, just shift back and forth to. What did you enjoy about setting the story during the holidays? And I mean, I don't know if this is something that you had to research, you know, for the book, but I mean, did it feel different writing the holidays during a different time? It did, actually. And I did have to do some research. Um, I mean, I always have to do some research. but um, That's also because I love doing research. But because a lot of and I I mentioned this in my author note, but a lot of um, what we feel to be like traditional sort of Western Christmas comes from the Victorian times. I, and I'm setting the book in, in 1831, you do have to kind of check, you know, was this song actually there? Did it exist? You know, what were the traditions back then? Had they evolved into what we know them today? And I, I personally, I really love winter. That's mm-hmm. my jam. And I'm a sucker for like the feel good atmosphere you get around the holidays. Um, and I really love London in the winter. And so it kind of just happened that I was like, yes, you're getting a holiday book. (laughs) And I think for my mom and I, it's always been really just this period of pause and reflection. And I think putting that into the book was really a huge part of like what I enjoyed about writing kind of at the holiday time and taking time to spend with the characters and pouring these little extra sprinkles of festive joy all over them in the book. And and I was writing it kind of throughout the holiday period up until like January and February. So I, I had some atmosphere outside my window. I had some cold, nice, brisk weather. So it was really nice. Okay, so you need to tag us if this happens this year. Like we need to be in <laughs> Kent with like Christmas winter scenes like we need to be tagged in a photo okay just remember me here and it's probably going to be like 85 degrees just do it for me okay (laughs) (laughs) okay I I want to mentally be right there with you (laughs) I will find you the crispest most frosty looking scene I can get and I will I will give you that thank you and it's On your website, you offer some writing workshops using traumatic technique. For anyone listening who may be interested and in need of some assistance, can you talk about the assistance you're offering? Absolutely. Um, So as it says on my website as well, I trained as an actor and a director. And when I started writing, I kind of found myself using these tools and techniques, kind of like what Brie mentioned earlier about like these character studies that, that I had learned in the theater. And I would use them to get into my characters and build my books. And then one day, I was literally like, well, maybe somebody else could use these different tools and techniques. So I offer a variety of different um, kind of workshops, um, which I run uh, on Zoom or, you know, whatever platform works for people. And depending on what you're looking for, I've kind of got tools and techniques for that. So whether you're just kind of thinking about starting to write or, you know, trying to finish your book or you're struggling with confidence or you're just trying to like solidify your structure or work on pieces that you might not necessarily, you know, have what you think needs to be in there. I literally have a tool hopefully for that, or at least we can have a fun time. And that's how I look at it is at least it's a fun time and it'll boost your creativity and get you thinking about some other way into your book. 
That is so cool. Well, we know from following you on Twitter, you recently signed a two big deal with Harlequin Historical. Congratulations again. I feel like there's just so many congratulations going around. So happy for you. Is there anything you can share with us about these titles? Is it too soon? Like, we don't want the historical team coming for us. But we would love to know. <laughs> Uh, first of all, thank you so much for your congratulations. It's it's really, really exciting to be able to write more books and they want more books from me. Ah! Um, so the first book, I kind of, as I mentioned earlier, is actually going to be uh, one of the characters that we see coming in uh, the Marquess of View Park House and then in The Gentleman of Holly Street. So for those who have or are going to read the books, um, Mary, so the Marquess's sister, is going to be getting her own book. It will be a gothic romance. And this lovely little spinster who's been firmly on the shelf is going to, you know, against her will, fall into a relationship and love and hopefully find her happy ever after with a very young, very annoying, very dashing young Italian. So that's the first book. So there you go. And then the second one will be set in the world of theater because obviously... I mean, what more can I say? I just love right. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I can't not. And it will be my first um, kind of sapphic romance. Yes. Very grumpy sunshine uh, because I am oh, a, a grumpy sunshine. <laughs> yes. And it's all about this young woman who inherits a theater from her father and it's indebted, but she loves the people who work there. They're her family. And so she goes out and tries to find this writer who kind of left the theater scene in London and tries to convince her to write a new play to get the theater back on its oh, feet. Oh so. my <laughs> God, Aaron, we have to read this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we already like want more books set in the theater. And then like I get really excited when it's like an historical set in the theater because I have not read many of those. Um, <laughs> and the fact that it's a, a sapphic romance too, Grumpy Sunshine. I mean, can you tell us how that idea came to you like where did all of that inspiration for that come from well i've been i've been wanting to write a sapphic romance for a while um the opportunity kind of wasn't presenting itself until recently and so i sat down and i was like well what's their story and who are these people and i was like well theater Somehow a theater yeah. just kind of popped up in my brain and I was like, okay. And I love Grumpy Sunshine. And this kind of form of this one character came to me and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of like all these pieces just kind of bumping into place. Um, and I think I'm really excited about it. And I'm so glad to hear that you guys are excited about it as well, because I think it's going to be a really special one. Not that they're all special, but it's going to be really different. And like you say, I don't think there's a lot that I've read that are necessarily quite set in theater. I mean, I've no, read actress yeah. kind of romances and things like that, but this one's really. And I just be love broken. the fact that like one of the heroines is a writer, like writes plays like that just has me so <laughs> excited. Oh my God. Okay. So is the writer the grumpy one? <laughs> yes. wants to grumpy. How did you guess? <laughs> Okay, okay. I was like, I hope the sunshine one is like, you know, the one looking for the grump, like looking for the writer that's the grump. Oh, that's oh, so yeah. exciting. Okay. We're so excited. <laughs> so am I. Now that you're excited, I'm extra excited. So do you know like when the first one will release? 
Um, I don't think I have a release date for it, to be honest. I think going by the usual timelines, I don't want to like get anybody into trouble, but I'm thinking end of next year, probably beginning of the 2024 and the other one potentially spring, summer 2024. I don't really know what the the scheduling is, but just looking at the past, that would be my best guess. We have to have chat the holidays since The Gentleman of Holly Street is set during the holidays. Tell us one of your favorite holiday films. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol. There is no hesitation (laughs) on that one. That is the number one all time time best Christmas movie ever made in my humble opinion yeah <laughs> oh it's so uh, good yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love how seriously Michael Caine takes that role like he could have he could have oh, yeah. you know played it silly or whatever but he's I mean he is Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> yeah and I think I actually read that in like some trivia or something that the only reason he agreed to do it was because he basically said I'm going to play it seriously and they were like okay and yeah. so he yeah. did it <laughs> yeah <Brilliant. laughs> you tell Michael Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, so many bops and also just those little like rats when they're like, this is my island in the sun. (laughs) If that doesn't win you over, then I don't know who you are. What scent makes you think of this time of the year? Uh, Cinnamon, which is also my favorite spice um, as it happens. I think it's because it goes into like our traditional sugar cookies and a lot of like that Christmas baking. It's just like Christmas time is cinnamon time. Yeah. Yeah. I think cinnamon is just kind of synonymous with it just goes <laughs> with the holidays so well. And I mean, fall time too, I think. I think just like mm. what September through December, it's like cinnamon is just that smell. Share with us a favorite holiday song that never gets old. Um, I think any of the old carols, to be honest, are kind of my um my big ones. Um, I think the Coventry Carol usually comes on the the top of my list and things like the holly and the ivy which if you've read the gentleman of holly street you'll understand um and like ding dong merrily on high they're just so full of joy and they're just classic and i cannot hear them enough even though i kind of rage when they get stuck in my head and then i don't remember (laughs) the words but there you go have you ever gone caroling or had carolers come by? I have not. And I really want to. I mean, I go to like listen to carol concerts. That's like a big part of what we do. But I've never gone caroling down the streets or had carolers knock on my door. <laughs> you guys? I have never even seen carolers. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching this like holiday movie recently and the heroine's like, let's go caroling because she's like from a place where it's like she doesn't really get winter and the hero is from like Vermont. And so she just has this idea of like, oh, people really just go all out. And so they go caroling <laughs> and like this couple's arguing and slams the door in their face. <laughs> I'm like, that would probably be like my experience. Like, right. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this. My heart would be broken. (laughs) I can see you like persevering and being like, no, the next house. This is going to be the The one. The next house, right. (laughs) I I wouldn't know what to do if carolers came by. I'd probably just be looking at my part and be like, so do we we tip them now or what? (laughs) (laughs) It's never happened, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like chuck a candy cane at them? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you you say? Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> it's never explained to us in the movies what happens after the song. You <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> smile and it cuts to black and you're like, okay. Uh-huh. Tell us one of the best or worst gifts you ever received. 
Okay, so this is going to sound like super corny, but honestly, the best gift I have had is being able to spend Christmas with my mom literally every year since I've been born. And that I know that some that is people not corny. Like that lucky, but that I like, I'm grateful for every, every year that I get with her. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not corny at all. That's awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, who in your life is the most difficult person to shop for? Like, is it mom because you spend every holiday yeah. with her and it's getting harder? Like, what, who is it? Yeah, it's absolutely mom. Um, because she's one of those and we're both kind of like we don't need anything and then you still want to do something so it's like trying to find like the homemade present to make or like a sort of experience you can like voucher for coffee somewhere or something yeah it's really really annoying um even though I love her but yeah and then I have a friend like a really good friend and she's really difficult to do gifts for because I can't buy her books and I really want to buy her books <laughs> I don't know what doesn't doesn't have yeah which is just a tragedy really I got it's so hard to shop for book lovers right unless like I guess like unless you're like Aaron and I and it's like just find us whatever used category you can find (laughs) (laughs) probably don't have it (laughs) hey that's great though you can just be yeah. like, you have so much variety in that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing's disappointing. When it's like, oh, this is an old American romance, you know, from back when. Or when. <laughs> we love everything. <laughs> well, lastly, where can everyone follow you online? So you can follow me on my website, which is LottieJamesBooks.com. On Twitter, I'm at LottieJamesBooks. And I've recently joined the TikTok universe, and I'm surprisingly <laughs> at Lottie James Books there as well. And I'm hoping to <laughs> properly start making some videos soon. So, yes, you have to I have, do like some joined. super cool historical theater type videos. Like you, we just well, you have to do this for us. <laughs> <laughs> I will add that to my list of TikTok videos to make. Then I'm actually I'm literally <laughs> writing this down. Historical brilliance. <laughs> historical theater videos yes i mean you know any any variety you know well thank you so much for hanging out with us today and thank you for the gentleman of holly street it's incredible and for giving us the sneak peek of what's to come do you know what the next series is called or no no i don't know um but okay. you will hopefully be the first people to know what i do okay, <laughs> okay. can't wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> 